Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. Well, while you're here, today's show is brought to you by the kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Andrew DeWolf, you happen to be here. Tell us about Patreon and. Who's supporting us? Patreon is for people who would like to give us a little extra financial support and would like to receive some extra content, like commentaries and, and after parties for certain episodes. Um, our current supporters are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunick, Benjamin Lear, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jess Lightning, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Tess Skier, Colin McLeod, Fire September, Mina Maniri, Monica Thoreau, Brent Black, Haley Murray, Alice in Wonderland, Sean O'Neill, B-Way Flicks, Mikel, M- Michael, Joan, oh my god, I can't pronounce that for some reason, I don't know why, <laughs> Nathaniel Stacy Coombe, and Joseph Evans Green. They're all the sexiest people I've ever seen, and would love to make babies with all of them, but they give us a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. If you would like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, such as patron-only commentaries, our episodes a day earlier, or even earlier, come join us over at Patreon. Andrew, are you ready to start this bullshit? Boy, howdy am I. Let's go. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. How are you doing today, Andrew? Uh, well, I finally have changed to a new studio location. Oh, really? Tell me more about this, please. Yeah, so, um, it's actually at my local mall. Um, I'm, uh, currently located in, uh, in a, an old closed-down Sears, actually. Oh, really? What? Have you stayed there overnight? Has anything crazy happened at night? Uh, nothing crazy has happened yet, <laughs> I just, uh, I met some of the other residents and they told me about the dark men and, and their slaves, of course, but, uh, what? you know, nothing, what? nothing out of the ordinary, nothing crazy, you know, I just have a lot more time to think about and work on music and, uh, and, uh, this podcast now because, you know, I, no one's going to find me here. So have you fallen in love yet? Well, there's this one slave girl who, uh, she's been here for a long time and she's much younger than me, but uh, you know, we might have a thing going. I'm not supposed to talk to her. Do you threaten, like, I'm older than you, so I make the decisions a lot? All the time. Con- <laughs> nearly constantly, to be honest with you. Like, every time she says something, I'm like, girl, uh, I love you, but, you know, you are the slave here, and I am older. 
So let's be real. Like we love each other, but like I have the power in this situation. You know, I'm just saying, just keeping it real for you. And also, do you have your dead mother like in the basement and dress up as her and pretend you're her sometimes? No, no. Why would I do? Why would I do that? Because you're Norman Bates. That's that is not the case. Actually, I'm 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 Charles Snell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, in case you haven't picked up on what we were throwing down, which 90% of you definitely have not. (laughs) Like, I've got a feeling most people don't know this musical, but it is a Stephen Sondheim musical. This week, we are talking about Evening Primrose. Careful, careful. Mustn't get excited, mustn't overdo it softly. Tiptoe. You'll get used to it in no time. Look at it. Beautiful. What a place to live, what a place to write. I shall be inspired, I shall turn on elegies and sonnets, verses by the ton. At last I have a home and nobody will know. No one in the world, nobody will know I'm here. I am free, I am free. Goodbye, my friends, and good riddance. Pardon while I disappear. Come see me soon in my hideaway. If you can find me, I'm here. Farewell, you blood-sucking landlords. Pouring the threats in my ear. Good luck forever to you. Evening Primrose is a musical with a book by James Goldman and lyrics and music by Stephen Sondheim. It is based on the John Collier short story published in 1951 collection Fancies and Good Nights. Written, allig- written originally for television, the musical focuses on a poet who takes refuge from the world by hiding out in a department store after closing. He meets a community of the night people who live in the store and falls in love with a beautiful young girl named Ella. Bizarre complications arise when the leader of the group forbids their relationship. It's beyond that. They for, they forbid them to even talk to each other. Yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a weird situation. Andrew, I kind of want your opinion on Evening Primrose and your description of the plot, please. I mean, I think it's a pretty straightforward plot, you know. Okay, the guy he goes in to the store. He stays there overnight because who does who hasn't wanted to do that? He's probably trying to start up a YouTube channel where he's like <laughs> overnight challenges that kind of thing. He wants to find the ghost in in the department store. Of course. So, I mean, who hasn't wanted to stay the night in a Walmart? I mean, come on. And some Walmarts let you do that because they don't close. But <laughs> <laughs> Most Walmarts don't close. Aren't most of them 24 hours? Yeah, because Walmart hates their employees and hates everyone and, and hates the sun. <laughs> and it hates racial minorities, too. Don't forget that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um but Charles Snell, he's a poet, and he wants to stay in uh, a department store. And, you know, he finds out that there's actually a large group of people that are also staying in this department store, which I just don't understand. I mean, where are they staying? Do they all hide during the day? Do they? It, the impression is they don't even leave the store during the day. Like, they stay there forever, right? Is, am I wrong on that impression? Can I tell you my interpretation and whether or not you think it's right or wrong? Sure, go ahead. I think that the it's like a night of the museum situation where as soon as the morning comes they all become the the um what are they called the standees that are wearing the clothes. Yes, but are they actual people or do you think that they are mannequins that come to life? I think they're former people that become mannequins by staying the night at the Macy's. So you think the Macy's is basically like turning people into mannequins? Yes, I think that is a situation, especially because our main character, our main ingenue Ella 
was like lost in the store and couldn't find her mother at like six. And then they were like, oh, we'll keep her here forever, forever, because she might tell our secret of there being people that live in the store at night. Yeah. And I guess Charles just kind of doesn't realize that and he becomes a mannequin at the end. But they frame it like they have to call these dark men to do it, like to turn them into mannequins, which I don't really understand either. Because apparently they all turn into mannequins, so, I mean, I don't know. I, the way it seems like is that they all become mannequins in the day. Yes. Spoiler alert for those who haven't seen this, but who cares? I, I mean, you can't even really find a good version of this. Like, it just doesn't exist anymore. It was basically, it feels like a Twilight Zone episode, doesn't it? It's like a bad version of Twilight Zone. Like, if Twilight Zone didn't have nearly as much intrigue. Um, but it does like, have songs, and good songs, too. Like, really good songs. They almost feel really out of place, though, because like, they don't feel they don't have like an ominous feel to them ever. It feels like Sondheim was way too talented for the specific piece he was commissioned to do. Yes. It's like, why is he writing these? Why are these songs here? <laughs> but they're good. It's re they're really fucking good. I suppose they are pretty decent. Um, which one's your favorite? I mean, there's only four songs in this. I mean, I don't want to talk about that right now. Okay, 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 okay. So, I mean, if we get to the details of the plot, um, this girl Ella was there, has been in Macy's since she was six years old, because the leader of the night people, who are like the mannequins, is named, what is her name, like Miss, uh, Little Miss Moffat or something like that? Yeah, it's something weird. It's something dark and mean. Miss Mondays? Miss Monday. Yeah, Miss Monday. Um, but she, she keeps her as the slave. A, a she's maid. a maid but she's a slave and on top of that they they have this weird disconnect with her where they say that she's not like the others so i don't really even know what that means and she's really afraid of them turning her into a mannequin so it's like is she not a mannequin like i don't know i don't understand the rules and i feel like they didn't have enough time to explain the rules yeah it doesn't really make that much sense and, like, they make it seem like it's really difficult for people to leave this Macy's. But, like, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to leave. <laughs> Just break a window. Break a window and run. Burn the place down. I mean, that's that's a good idea. And they try to sell us on this relationship between Charles and um, Ella. But really, he's just very antagonistic towards her. And every time she tries to have an opinion, he's like, you don't know anything. I'm older than you, you stupid bitch. And then Ella says she hasn't seen the sun in 13 years. Because she's been like, locked in the store. I get that. That makes sense. But she's in a Macy's. Just leave. You can't move during the day. And then in the night, everyone's watching you. Why can't she move during the day? They tell this other story where, where they got attached to a coat and, like, the customers bought the coat and one of the guys that was in the night society moved to get the coat. And then they turned him into a mannequin because of that. So they're saying he can't move unless he wants to move. And if he does move, they make it so he's a mannequin. I thought they were all mannequins at night or are they just faking to be mannequins at night? During the day. During the day, forgive me. Like, I thought that they were just faking to be mannequins, but I feel like that wouldn't even be possible. Like, how are you going to fake that? Is it Toy Story logic? But they're not actually mannequins. They're people. <laughs> Why do you want to stay in this fucking department store? I don't know. There's you no can't food even in fuck each other. Store. There's no food in a department store and all they do is play cards. <laughs> I'd hate it there. <laughs> I mean, Charles, it kind of makes sense because it seems like he's going to leave during the day and he just wants to be there at night because... Then but he, he seems like rent. he's pretty willing to accept living in their world really quick. 
Oh yeah, he's just like, oh, there's other people that live here? That's awesome. I get my own room? Sick. <laughs> but then they're like, well, they might move you in the morning. Like, what is happening? <laughs> and are the dark men just like the, like, Night Watch? That's no, what I interpreted it as. I guess. Do the Night Watch have the power to turn them into actual mannequins? I mean, I think that just means like, oh, they're, they've are fallen, let me put them back in the window, and then they're seen by people so they can't really move anymore. Toy Story logic. But they're, they aren't mannequins, though. They're people. <laughs> but only at night, Andrew! So Charles becomes a true mannequin at the end. That's that's the big reveal. Charles and and the girl Ella try to escape and they can't escape. And they they tease you by showing you two people that look like them at first and you're like, "Oh, they got out." And then they didn't get out. Mhm. I'm very curious as to how Sondheim got onto this project. I didn't look up the hat book and see what he had to say about this cuz I am once again the least researched show on the internet. Um, I like musical theater and the show is terrible. You know, all the usual things we get. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> did he write a full chapter on this? He did. <laughs> oh my God. So. What, what does he have to say? While James Goldman and I were writing Follies, his wife Marie became pregnant with their second child and they needed a larger apartment, which would stretch their budget to an uncomfortable amount. I had read about a series on that ABC TV was about to present called Stage 67, a, a season of commissioned plays and musicals. I had also read about the executive producer, producer was able to be Hubble Rub... Fuck me, goddamn. I also had read that the executive producer was to be Hubble Robinson, a man who had pr been responsible for some of the classier shows on television, and who was married to a... Canasta crony of my mother's, Vivian Seagal, a retired star of Broadway and Hollywood musical. Knowing Hubble slightly, I figured James and I would have an inside shot, so we set ourselves into thinking of something easy to adapt. Since we shared a taste for the sinister, and we started looking at John Collier's stories. Collier was a master of elegant macabre in the tradition of Saki, and we homed on the evening primrose, a bizarre and romantic piece. Bizarre, we hoped, would... I don't know this word. Bizarre is kind of how he writes it. Bizarre, we hoped, would enable us to stand out from the competitors, and romance was something where our hearts were drawn to. So Evening Primrose seemed ideal. I met with Hubble, subtly drawn on our familial connections, and James and I found ourselves on the menu. So that was how they found themselves there. He wanted some extra money. <laughs> like, you read that between that the lines, very, right? It was a very long-form way of saying we need money. <laughs> Isn't that the most Sondheimian way of writing? We just needed some money. Yeah, he needed a bigger apartment, so I got us this gig. <laughs> um, it's funny, because he didn't really write much for each of the songs. I mean, honestly, that's kind of what this show feels like. It feels like Sondheim was like, man, I need some cash. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, I can write four songs for this TV thing, whatever. <laughs> but I don't think the story itself is bad either. I don't think the songs are bad. I don't think the story is bad. I think its representation on the specific TV program is terrible. Well, I think there is part of it, too, that the songs don't tell the story. There's they a tell lot the of stuff in though. They tell the characters. Yes, but there's a lot of stuff in this. Like, if you just listen to the four songs... I bet you anything you would not be able to take away what the story is actually about. No, at all. not at all. <laughs> in fact, Sondheim has taken all of the songs and put them into his own reviews. Like Sondheim on Sondheim and Finishing the Hat and um, Putting It Together. Like, they're all in there as, like, these own little things. 
Yeah, because it's just these songs don't have anything to really do with this. Other than I think if you can find me, I'm here is maybe the closest thing to like actually telling any of the actual plot. You know what? I disagree. I disagree entirely on all that. Sure, sure. Um, take me to the world. I think is a very specific like show me what life is like outside of this Macy. And I remember how the sky used to look, which is like, I haven't seen sky in years, but I remember what it might have looked like. It was like ink, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, does that tell you anything about the fact that they turned into mannequins? Does if I can tell find if you can find me, I'm here to tell you about that either. Uh, well, it, that does tell you about the fact that he snuck in somewhere and now is staying there. Whereas Take Me to the World, like, that's that part plays when they turn into mannequins, and it doesn't mention it at all. No, it plays <laughs> earlier than that when she's begging him to take him out of the fucking mall. I guess it plays again, doesn't it? They yeah, it plays twice. It. They reprise it. Yes. Man, there's like five songs in this. Man, I've underestimated this big thing. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all so good. That's what bothers me so much about this, is the song sounds so good. All right, you want to go into a cut, a halftime here? And we'll talk about the songs. Fucking I guess. I spent most of this looking for that goddamn book. <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go into mid-show. Right, you, you want us to talk about some obscure Sondheim piece? Yeah, we're going to do it for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we've got a shill at you. Andrew, tell us about Patreon. Patreon is a place you can go to give us a little money if you'd like and get some extra content from us. Uh, Jess, would you like to run through our current patrons? Our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunick, Benjamin Lehrer, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jess Lightning, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Taskier, Cal McLeod, Fire September, Mina Maniri, Monica Thoreau, Brent Black, Haley Murray, Allison Wonderland, Sean O'Neill, Broadway Flicks, Michael Johan, Nathaniel Stacey Cobb, and Joseph Evan Green! When I killed your brother! I talked to Jess! But they give us a little extra financial support that helps us keep the lights on here, Musical to Cheese. If you'd like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks such as patron-only commentaries, our episodes a day earlier, and so much more, come join us in Musicals with Cheese. Andrew, is there anything else you'd like to say before we return to the show? No. Fucking cuck. Alright, let's go back to the show. <laughs> it's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Goodbye, my friends, and good riddance. Pardon while I disappear. Come see me soon in my hideaway. If you can find me, I'm here. Farewell, you blood-sucking landlords. Pouring your threats in my ear. Good luck forever. If you can find me, I'm here. That's not how it goes, by the way. If you can find me, I'm here. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of context for how I first learned about the songs in the show. You were listening to The Frogs, and it came out at the end of the fucking cast recording. No, I have never listened to The Frogs willingly. Let me frame it. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I can't wait to do The Frogs. It is our goal to eventually do every Sondheim, so eventually we will have to do The Frogs. Dude, I love frogs, and I just imagine The Frogs is kind of like cats. No, it isn't. (laughs) Sondheim (laughs) has such a high standard for himself that he wants to make trash. Oh, God. What, What is The Frogs about, just real quick? It's about Dionysus. Oh, Dionysus is cool. It's Bach. That's uh, Bacchus. Well, Greek Bacchus. It's a Greek mythology and like the stories they tell. It's a comedy, but it doesn't work. I like Dionysus, though. He gets drunk. His father, he's the god of wine and the god of drama because a little wine can get you through a lot of drama. Oh, yeah. That's a line direct from the show. (laughs) Yo, I'm into the frogs. I can't wait to do this. God, you're so fucking lame. But no, Sondheim on Sondheim is one of my favorite albums I listen to whenever I'm feeling down. And they have a lot of the songs from Evening Primrose. um, You can also find the songs in Marry Me a Little, which is another great review that I think is really effective. But that was the first time I heard all these numbers. And they are so wonderful. And did you expect them to be in this show? No, I didn't. I did not put together the pieces of this story at all. <laughs> all right well let's see if you can find well let's just go through all the songs because honestly there's only like four so yeah there ain't much if you can find me i'm here i i think this is a fun one uh it's got a weird opening to it but once it kind of gets going it's pretty fun i love the song and i love it i don't know if i love it because i've only heard good singers do it until anthony perkins did it and Anthony Perkins is not very good at singing the song. When the song starts and he's doing it, I'm like, ooh. It is yikes. very bad. <laughs> oh, this is this is what we're going to sit through. Okay. Yes. Um, um, Sondheim- the good news is it's honestly more difficult to find his version of it than anyone else's. <laughs> it's strange. It really is. Because Marry Me a Little, um, Jason Tam really does a great version of this where it's like, goodbye, you da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's very angry, as well as the Frogs Evening Primrose, like album they push those two on for some reason neil patrick harris does a great version of it too but anthony perkins really does not know how to kind of speak sing and it sounds terrible yeah it's like he doesn't emote it properly and it's like i'm not even sure what he's feeling here like what is going on (laughs) there's no elation 
I don't, I think we were all tricked into thinking that Anthony Perkins was a good actor because he had some subtle moments in Psycho. I feel like it might have just been good direction is what it was. Yeah. In Psycho. Who could have thought that uh, Hitchcock was a decent director? <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think this song in and of itself, it explains his needs. I, it's a really good high energy opening number and it explains why we're currently where we are in a good effective way. I think the lyrics are great, too. It's just kind of fun. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Uh, then there's no songs for a decent amount of time. Uh, Ella has a song. I think it's called I I Remember. Is that right? Yes. I love this song, too. It's right. so, like, I don't mean to diminish it, but it's so melodic. I guess, um, what, did, what did you think of the performance by the person who actually was in the TV special? I think it was terrible. Really? Yes. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I think that she's great when she's not singing. Like, she really plays up, like, the real sympathetic, like, Please, please, please help me. And she's adorable. Like, she looks great. She's beautiful looking. But her voice is very grating to the ears. I will agree, actually. Um, and what's your thought on this song overall, like, from other vocalists and, and whatever? I think it's a beautiful song. And it's got some great lyrics. Like, it shows her kind of ignorance to what the world is like. Like, she compares the sky to ink. Well, yeah, I mean, she hasn't been outside since she was six. Come on. <laughs> and she's describing things that a child would think the world is like, like ponds and zoos, ruddy faces, muddy shoes, light noise, and bees and boys. Like, she remembers all that stuff, but not what the world is really like for an adult female of 19, which is, a v it's once again, Sondheim, like, really understanding, like, this character's position. Yeah, I, I'll agree, for sure. And I just wish that in that TV special, that we had a vocalist that could really submit that. I'm not sure if it was filmed live. It kind of looks like it was filmed, like, live as it was happening, and they just tried to dub over the voices as best they could honestly the version i watched was so difficult to really make out what was happening that i, I can't even agree or disagree with you i mean you couldn't even you thought it was like a mall at first then it was really i could you couldn't store. see anything so there's a version on youtube of this whole thing and that's what i watched and it looks like trash um i mean i guess honestly we could probably link it because i don't think most people have seen this <laughs> i recommend that people see that is the thing like, the songs are great, and it's such a weird, like, piece of history. The world is better here. I know. I've seen them both. Let me see the world that smiles. Take me to the world. Somewhere I can walk It's mean and ugly. Teach me how to laugh. We could laugh to you. 
debatable. I think the best song is Take Me to the World. All right. Explain that to me, please. I just, I kind of like the feel of the song, and especially when they reprise it over them as mannequins, I think is kind of fitting. It's just kind of, it's, it's a nice song. What do you think? All right. In musical theater, and you've worked with me on, like, writing a musical before, so you kind of have an idea of how lyrically I work. But yes. I believe there are, like, songs that are about what I am, who I am, and what, and then there's transformation songs. And this somehow rides the line of being both. Okay, explain. All right, so this is basically um, Ella, that's her name, correct? Ella's... Yes. I am song, and this is what I want. Please give this to me, person from the outside world. I don't know how to achieve this for myself. Whereas, yes. this is also um, Charles's transformation song of being like, I just want to hide here and write my poetry and have my artistic representation of myself because I'm an egotistical poet. Bullshit. I hate artists. And <laughs> I hate artists and music and media in general, but he transforms into like, I love you more than poetry, which is basically his arc, not only throughout this song, but throughout the story. And this is where he comes to that conclusion. Yeah. And I think it's so effectively done in Sondheim's basic premise of content, content dictating form is at full effect here where he understands that this is what she wants, but this is where he becomes a different person. Yeah, I, I think that does describe it very well. And then, then it's like tragic when they play it again, because now that they both realize what they want, they both can't have it. So Right, right. Um, I think it's a beautiful romance song. It is underrated as far as Sondheim's work goes, because I honestly think it's better than most of his romance pieces. Like, compare this to Joanna. Like, it, it's so much better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're both good. For sure. This one is better at storytelling, I think, though. And character development. Like, very good at character yeah. development. I see you scouring and mending pale and dreamy, bending and pretending not to see me when, when, when. I see you smiling me in oceans while I'm cooking. Cover your emotions, Charles. They're looking when. Together, when is the time? Where is the place? When can I once again touch your face? When can I once again touch your face? When, 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 when? Um, can we yeah. talk about when from eat from the show? Yeah, go ahead. This is the most Sontivian song in the entire show. Okay, and by that, it's like Sontheim is really big on like the patter songs. Yes. He's very big on, like, the overlapping things and people who don't know what and what they don't know and all that nonsense. He's really big on that. And this is the closest they get to it, because, like, when and what, if you can find them here, are very melodic and character-driven by nature, whereas this is like, I don't understand this and blah, 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 and they're all chatting over each other. It's a mess. Yes. It's very much a little night music in its form. It's, it's kind of bizarre, too, because they have this, like, card thing going on where, yes. like, every time they play a card, it, like, s switches the lyrics to match the cards that they're playing. It's weird. <laughs> and honestly, I think this is my favorite song from it just because of that. It just feels the most like a musical theater song where the other two just feel like ballads. Um, the other three? Yes, you're right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think If You Can Find Me feels like a ballad, but... It feels like more of an intro song, but... 
I get what you mean. Yeah, uh, I can I can see that. It just it it changes it up a little bit. And when you only have four songs, you really have to have something to break things up. <laughs> Do you have any critiques of Sondheim's music? Do you feel like he was just kind of slumming it because it's a TV TV experience? Or do you think it's up there with all the rest of his music? Eh, I guess it's hard to judge it fully on its own, because when you watch it with the TV special, it does kind of feel like, oh, he's in this, I guess. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's like listening to his songs from, like, Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen like, Dick Tracy. I have not heard his songs from Dick Tracy. What are your thoughts? Oh, I like Dick Tracy. Uh, they don't feel like Sondheim songs, I don't think. That's crazy. You, sh- you should watch it. It's a fun movie. It it's is, fun. I'm sure. But once again, it's just kind of not my thing. I think you might enjoy it as as like a it's it's like on the same level as like a Marvel movie where it's just like it's fine, it's fun, but it's not like good. You know, it's not it's not cinema. You know, I don't like. I disagree with Martin Scorsese's opinion that it isn't cinema. I mean, I think in in a literal definition, yes, it is cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, think I get what he's trying to say. What do you think he's trying to say? He's trying to say that it isn't like well thought out art. I think which, it's overly thought out art, which is the problem. <laughs> well, overly thought out and well thought out are very different. Like well thought out is like very, you know, like this movie is planned and this happens because of this and then this is revealed and et cetera, et cetera. Whereas like Marvel is like, how do we tie this into all these other movies? And that's really all they're thinking about. Well, Marvel hasn't fucked that up yet. No, they haven't. But all their movies are so simple. And I think that's because they need them all to work together. And you really can't have like a you can't have like a game changing moment in a movie if you needed to tie into other movies, because then all these other movies have to also have that game changing moment. And it's like, uh. what is your favorite and least favorite Marvel movie? Now that we're sitting here talking about that naturally. Sure. I think my favorite Marvel movie and the one that is just the best is is Infinity War. Not Endgame, Infinity War. What the fuck? I wholeheartedly disagree with you. Okay, whatever. I don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Infinity War just is the peak and just ties everything together. The third act and... is just like the most boring fight scene I've ever seen, though. I agree with that, and I think it's too long. But all the rest of it is the best. Um, really, Endgame, it's just like Endgame a bunch of setup. Endgame I'm not is saying worse, that though. Endgame is great, but I just say Infinity War being the best is like the craziest choice I've ever seen. If you're talking Marvel, like the best thing about Marvel is all the tie-ins, and Infinity War does all the tie-ins the best. I mean, I disagree. If you're talking my favorite Marvel movie to watch, I mean, it's probably like, uh, you know, uh, Winter Soldier or something like that. You're shitting me, right? <laughs> no, I'm not. I think that's the best. All right, what's the worst? The worst? Probably like Thor 2, like the Dark World. That was, it's just boring. Have you watched it recently? No, why would I? <laughs> I think it's better on the second rewatch, just because I mean, you... I have watched it twice. I think it's I've watched it at least twice. Second rewatch. I've watched all the Marvel movies probably at least twice. I think it's better than like the first Captain America movie. Really, I find the first Captain America movie is kind of like wholesome in a way, so I kind of enjoy it. It's not good, but honestly, I don't know if there is any Marvel movie that I consider like really good. I think the best Marvel movie is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. <laughs> I can agree with that. That's up there. That is like an incredible piece of cinema. That is the one piece of marvel like creation that i think is well, i think guardians of the galaxy one is also very good yes but that feels corporate whereas the second one is just so insane so emotional that i feel like that is an actual movie yeah i don't know i think winter soldier is good i think 
both Guardians of the Galaxy movies are good. I think Iron Man 1 and 3 have <laughs> merits. I don't think 2 is very good. Okay, I think 1 is cinema, Thor, 3 is fun. Thor 3, Ragnarok, is fun. That's I don't not know if it's great. great. I don't think it's great, but I think it's fun. And I think Infinity War does the tie-ins the best, but I think Endgame is just way too fanservice and just... Infinity Endgame, I appreciate for that first third. That first third where they linger in the depression. I appreciate so much that it lets me. Deal I wouldn't with even the call that a third, though. I feel like that's only like an eighth of the movie. <laughs> no, that is the first hour of that movie. I don't know. The second and third hour of that movie are so fan service and bland and ugh. I just can't. I can't watch it. Well, I mean. My girlfriend still is angry at me because I predicted the entire plot of Endgame as I was walking out of the theater for Infinity War. Like, I pitched beat for beat the exact plot well, of it's Endgame. Like, well, I mean, you knew there had to be time travel, right? I mean... No, I predicted exactly that Thanos would die at, the, like, the 10-minute mark, then they go back in time, and then some big fight scene at the end. That was my exact pitch for Endgame. Well, yeah, and but Thanos, I mean, Thanos does die at 10 minutes, but he also doesn't die at 10 minutes because they bring him back in, like, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, and, yeah. and honestly, okay, true best Marvel movie, though, uh, is uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I would say that's tied with X-Men 2. Uh, and sa sadly, neither one of them are actually in the MCU. But yes, I agree. Those two are the best. What? You don't love Venom or Morbius? Well, <laughs> you know what? I actually, I do like Logan a lot, too. I actually thought that was pretty good. Logan is, a, that is actually cinema. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're totally off track. But you know what? I'm glad we didn't talk about uh, Evening uh, Primrose for longer than the actual show okay, is. Okay, question. Because the, question. the show is, is only like Logan better than um, Joker? <laughs> I didn't watch Joker, but I can almost guarantee Logan is better than Joker. I Joker <laughs> might be the worst film I've seen in the last ten years. I I don't know about that, and I don't want to comment because I've never seen it. So it is so fucking offensive to my soul. <laughs> I mean, it just looks like uh, it looks like they wanted to make like American Psycho in makeup, but I don't know. <laughs> it's not as good as American Psycho. It doesn't have any ideas. Basically, they let Joaquin Phoenix do whatever the fuck they wanted, and they didn't even give him direction. He just did weird shit, and then they edited a film around it, and Robert De Niro's trying his best. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't look great. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it specifically because I, I didn't, I don't like the DC movies, and I don't think, I don't like the direction they go with their movies. So. Suicide Squad isn't your favorite movie of all time? Don't you love um, Killer Croc, I, who loves BET? Dude, dude, I love that Suicide Squad, like, failed as a movie, so their immediate reaction is, all right, let's just get, we'll get James Gunn, we'll do it again. <laughs> well, Suicide Squad was a not-so-subtle, like, rip-off of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, with, absolutely. Like, all their fucking needle drops, so might as well get the guy that did it right. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you can't have these villain characters exist... I guess you can. I mean, they make they're making Morbius and Venom, huh? <laughs> Without the hero, <laughs> Venom was a huge success. Is the strange thing? Oh, dude, superhero movies are trash. <laughs> okay, Marvel is dead officially. So, I mean, all right, we've gone so far off the rails. <laughs> what is what is your overall thoughts on Evening Primrose? I think it's all right. the The story isn't that great, but the songs are really wonderful. Um, honestly, I think it's great. So. I would give it cheese-flavored cologne found at the Macy's that the 
story takes place in. Okay, um, I I don't think it's very good. I feel like you just don't like Sondheim, and you hate everything, Andrew. Nobody fucking likes you. <laughs> okay, well, the TV special is not good. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest here. Anthony Perkins doesn't perform the songs very well. The girl playing Ella, who I don't actually know, is not performing the songs very well. The the version I watched looks like shit because there's no versions of this that exist that look good. Um, but I guess the songs themselves are not that bad, and if you've listened to recordings of them, it's fine. But they don't tell the story, so I can't really, in good faith, say that this is a good musical. Fun fact, Barbara Streisand recorded the song Take Me to the World with Antonio Banderas for her 2016 album Encore, movie partner Sing Broadway, which I think is a great album. Okay, I mean, that ties us, that ties us in with the Vita, so... <laughs> but you know what else is great that isn't Evening Primrose? Our incredible patrons over at Patreon, we love you all so much. Um, if you guys would please rate us on iTunes, and also follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher at Musicals with Cheese. Our Twitter is at Cheesy Musicals. Our Patreon is Musicals with Cheese. Or on Instagram, at Musicals with Cheese. Our Patreon, um, we already said that, but that's the Musicals with Cheese. Our YouTube page is Musicals with Cheese. Our email is MusicalTheaterLives at gmail.com. Please go send some love to Jolene Casco. Her Instagram page is at Jolene Casco. Andrew, do you have anything else you left to say before we wrap this shit on up? I'm just glad this episode isn't longer than the show. Andrew, will you take me to the world outside? Take me to the world. No, you're a mannequin forever. I'm sorry. No! <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.